I'm Tri. And I'm Alyssa. You're listening to episode 12, Infamy's Influences. And today we have Adele with us to talk about how our writing can influence us, especially around our villains. And Adele, do you want to give us like just a quick introduction about just who you are? Yeah, sure. I'm Adele. I've been writing using the one-year adventure novel curriculum for three years. I spent all that time on a single novel, on draft three now, because I'm really slow, um, and it takes me forever to write anything. That's the writer part of me. The non-writer part of me really is fascinated by psychology, um, though honestly, both those interests kind of tie together, because my favorite part of writing is the characters, and you know, psychology is all about how people think, and um, I, I love studying the way that people think, and the way that I think, and... Um, I think that ties into today's episode pretty well with experience and writing your own characters affects you and your character. So would you like me to introduce what I'm going to be talking about? Sure, yeah, that'd be great. Cool. So today I'm going to talk about how writing is, you know, how people, people say that, that your experience, you know, the write what you know phrase that your experience is something that goes into your writing, whether you're trying to or not, is just kind of inevitable because you and your writing are tied together. That's part of who you are. But I say at the same time, your writing influences your experiences. Your writing is a part of your experience and what you write will change how you think because writing is it's, it's not just words on paper, you know, it's lots of ideas, it's really, you know, the best writing is, addresses these really deep concepts about theme and how morality works and what truth is, that's what the purpose of writing is. And so when you write about those things, you're expressing your beliefs and also sometimes you're changing your beliefs through that by exploring that. And in particular, when that gets difficult is when you're writing about characters that believe different things than you and live different different lifestyles that you don't agree with and stuff like that. So especially with villains, especially if you're like me and you like to write from the point of view of your villain, then um, you can get yourself in a really dark place sometimes. And it's helpful to know that before going into it. And it's also helpful to know what to do once you're there. When I started writing my villain, I kind of plunged in. I didn't really think through how I was going to handle it. I, d I didn't think that it would be a problem. Like, it's just words, you know? That's what I thought it was. So I was just writing words. And then I realized all this, all this really, like, these dark thoughts started getting into my head a lot. And it was because I kept writing about the sorts of things my villain was thinking about, the sorts of things he believed. So looking back now, I have sort of figured out that that can be used for good. Like, it sounds scary to be going, to go deep into the point of view of a character like that is a hard thing to do, but if you do it correctly, it really grows you a lot. It's really, that it can be used for good. Writing, writing evil can be used for good, and that's why authors do it. So this isn't just for, for influencing other people, but influencing yourself. You influence yourself when you write, and I guess I'll just sort of be talking about how to do that, how I've done that, mistakes I've made. <laughs> so I guess just like a question to start this off would be like, 
the readers or in the writers, like, they know these characters are fictional, like, especially the writers, mm-hmm. since they're the ones who created these characters, presumably, and are writing them, then why do you think that then they can get so, like, involved with the characters and then so much that their thoughts can just start going into their own minds? Well, writers have really strong imagination, for one thing, stronger than a lot of people's in that aspect. But a big thing is that quote by Mr. S, you know, fictional, or not fictional writers, writers who write fiction write a lie in order to tell the truth. So even though it's fiction, we're still communicating things about the way that the world works through it. We're still communicating truth through it. That's why people get angry when things like, when unrealistic things happen in stories because you're like, well, it's fiction, so anything can happen. But that's not, that's not what we expect coming in. We expect to be shown something about our world through fiction. And because of that, the more developed and real a character is, the more we can apply that to our own life and the more we can, um, we get attached to them and understand them. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's probably connected to the part where, as writers, the goal is to evoke emotion in the readers and in yourself as you're writing and connect them to the characters. And emotion's quite strong, like a very strong key to use. You can use it to manipulate people to do almost anything, mm-hmm. depending on the emotion. So that's probably also part of it, is the emotional side of being connected to a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and engaging your emotions so intensely yourself as a writer when you're writing those emotional scenes. At least for me, I definitely carry that around after the fact. And the more times I immerse myself in my own writing, the more the more connections I make to my own life and stuff like that. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that too. Like, so often I'll think it's no, uh, something is no way connected to my life, but then as I keep like developing mm-hmm. it and writing, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This does actually <laughs> affect this does actually yep. reflect me and I do and mm-hmm. it does have I can relate to it. So you kind of mentioned this at the start when you were just giving a short introduction to um what you're going to talk about. But you also mentioned how like your your villain was getting into your head a little too much and this might sound pretty obvious but like why why like why was this a bad thing why was this dangerous like what how did it like impact you mm-hmm. for me I have I have a mild case of OCD unofficially I'm not officially diagnosed with it but I have this sort of obsession with figuring out with getting to the bottom of everything so if I start to think about something, I need to know something that, if I start to think about something that I care about, I need to know basically everything about that thing and how it applies to me and what to do about it. So I have this really deep obsession with um, understanding the way morality works and like all these deep philosophical questions and stuff. So for me, When I started writing about my villain, I was like, well, I need to get to the bottom of this. I need to know why he believes all these things. I need to know. I figured out his entire worldview, basically. And it it, it disturbed me a lot because I knew him pretty much as well as I knew myself at that point. And um, I was like, well, I don't know about a lot of these things. Like, some of this kind of makes sense. And the things that it led him to do 
and the sorts of things that it led him to think about, I just started thinking about a lot, and they were not healthy things, um, things I probably don't even want to talk about here. Yeah. So it was that point when I realized, okay, writing is really a much bigger part of me than I realized, and it's going to completely influence me a lot, so I really need to be more careful. Even, like, the best of writers, it's dangerous to get into someone's house. So, um, C.S. Lewis, he wrote the Screwtape Letters, and he had to literally go into, like, the mindset of, like, a demon and think about things that way. And he said, like, the main... He could have made it longer. He could have talked about a lot of stuff, but he said he just found it so dangerous and so draining to be in that type of mindset because you have to be so careful because you're putting yourself in the character's shoes, but you have to be careful to not become the character because... Mm -hmm. It's a real danger. And, like, C.S. Lewis is a really good author, and he still had that problem. So it's not just mm-hmm. something that only some people have. It, it is a real danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you found that out about your villain, like, what kind of steps did you take? Well, I took way too long taking steps, <laughs> for one thing. I, I did a lot of kind of talking myself out of it, like, no, surely that's not a problem. That seems that sounds like kind of a stupid problem to have. And then I started like sort of half-heartedly, like, okay, maybe I just won't go quite as deep into this thing or that thing. But eventually it came around to I need to focus just as strongly or more so on all these characters who don't believe what the villain believes and the other side of the theme. Because at that point I just had one side of the theme which was the dark side, really, really strongly figured out. And then I was like, and also there's some good in the world, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> and so I'm really in the process right now. My, th- my third draft, the main reason I'm writing a third draft is to fix that and turn the focus a lot to the lighter things. So the sort of the positive ideals are kind of, in, in my novel, are like life and death, sort of. My villain values death and my other characters well, I say other characters, but they're all really kind of morally gray. So, like, in an ideal world, the other characters would value life. So I started just thinking about how all those things tied together rather than just focusing on that the one aspect of death. And, yeah, I, gu- I guess that's really what I'm doing now. Yeah, so you, like, kind of balanced it out a little bit so you were focusing on both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Balanced it out and even... It didn't even quite make sense by itself when I just didn't really address the other side. I mean, I tried to, sort of. I did a little bit just because I felt obligated, but I didn't really put my heart into it until I realized that I really needed to. And once I started doing that, it got a lot better. And it got not just better for me, but better as a story, too. Just more more pieces fitted together. It just made more sense. Yeah. I think that often when looking at ideals and stuff, the best way to like highlight them is to show the opposite of them. So, just showing one of them can yeah. do the same thing as just showing as showing both. Mm-hmm. An extra challenge for me was, you know, it didn't really work for me to just put myself in my, like, my quote unquote heroes' heads. I, ha- I have multiple main characters um, because they're all kind of screwed up too, and so <laughs> I don't have like a single. I don't have like a Christ like figure in my novel to relate to so I pretty much have to I I pretty much have to build that off of just little things that happen in the novel and little good things that various people do but nobody's perfect in there so I can't I can't like combat my villain with 
putting myself into the mindset of a different character because none of my characters are very good people, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, um, so where was I going with that? Where was I going with that? While you're thinking about that, one thing that I think maybe some people would ask is if writing about evil things like that and having villains and having the stuff in stories is so dangerous, then why would you put that in there in the first place? Because like, it better to just avoid that. Do you have any thoughts on mm -hmm. how you'd respond to something like that? Yeah. Well, like what I first said about why we relate so strongly to characters is because writers write to communicate truth about how the world works and how morality works in the world. So that truth aspect of evil is real, unfortunately, we can't do anything about it, and ignoring it is not any more helpful than addressing it is. You know, addressing it is more helpful than ignoring it is, because we can't just pretend that it's not there. And in fiction, because in fiction you can do anything, you have the option of just making everything a perfect fairy tale, but then what's the point, you know? Because the point, the point of fiction is to show that that good conquers evil, and if there's no evil in the first place, then what's the point of the good being there in the story? There's there's not much of a point. And so the stronger the evil in the story, the stronger you can make the good to combat it, and this, this, the more the nature of good comes out. Yeah, I totally agree. There's like almost no point in telling stories if everything in them is perfect and good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would have any conflict. It would just be a dream yeah. of the ideal world. <laughs> in fact, it could almost annoy people because like perfect oh, people could be annoying. And then the person you're reading will be like, oh, I'm not perfect. I'm not like those people. Then that might have like a negative effect on them. And you don't want that either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, those stories are in, in some ways, the lighter stories are good for um, escapism. But the reason that we write darker stories is to learn through them and yeah, just learn more about morality and figuring yourself out. Yeah, because it is really connected to real life. There's a lot of darkness, a lot of evil stuff in our world. And we have stories that kind of mirror some of that stuff, but show that it can be overcome or that there is still good. That's helpful to us. That gives us hope. It gives us, like, it, it shows us stuff about how the world works. And it is important. Yeah, it's really important to show. It's helpful for processing, too, to acknowledge that evil stuff is there and to process through it. And really, that's one of the one of the reasons I started writing my villain like I did was to process through some stuff that I had gone through myself. But I processed it way too much, <laughs> and then I just, like, enhanced it, and then it was not help healthy anymore. And then it took me a long time to pull out of it because I was in a, a dark space already, and I kind of had a life crisis early this year. And once I started going through lots of therapy and stuff and started getting better, well, that's part of that's part of when I realized how bad writing had been for me when I was writing it that way. Then it encouraged me to kind of show what I'd learned through that because I've learned a lot of stuff since the beginning of this year. Yeah, so how would you suggest that as writers we should avoid doing that? It's just like being aware of what mindset you're in. Do you mm -hmm. think that's the main way to avoid it? Or Yeah, the very first thing is just realizing that it can be a problem and not brushing it off. And before you, before you start, if you figure out what your theme is, focus on either on the light side of the theme first or on both sides at once rather than okay let's completely figure out why my villain believes this and then i'll back up and try to figure out why like, why the good quote-unquote characters believe these 
good things. So figuring out the theme, two sides at once, because honestly, that just makes for a better story, but it also makes for a healthier mindset. And just you figure out, along with a lot of things that you figure out in the beginning when you start planning stories, figure out your target audience because you don't want to be writing about this really intense, dark murder something for (laughs) six-year-olds. So, you know, you you figure out your target audience and what you're trying to say. And some themes are just naturally lighter than other ones. And so you just figure out how deeply you should go based off of that and just set boundaries for yourself on what you're going to write and what you're not going to write. And don't wait till you're just in the middle of the scene to decide, okay, wait, how far is my villain going to go? Um, which is what I did lots and lots of times. So yeah, so like set moral boundaries for yourself, set f- boundaries for what you think, what you're comfortable writing and what you think would be good for you to write. Because some people, people are just different and some people can write darker books and come out of it okay. And some people don't. So sometimes it's not just how you handle it. Sometimes it's just you and you and you just have to figure out what sort of a person you are. Pray about it. If you're a Christian, praying about it helps a lot, both beforehand and in the midst of it, but definitely beforehand because it's hard once you're in the midst of it, kind of. At least it was for me. So I think that's the main thing. Yeah, just acknowledge, acknowledge that it can be a problem. Set boundaries, figure out, figure out what your theme is and what your target audience is going to be and how deep you're going to go. And if you do find out that you've screwed up somewhere and you're starting to have trouble, then you just need to go find help from somebody, which is hard to do because it feels stupid. It, I mean, for me, at least, it felt really stupid. I was like, this is a fictional character. Why is he bothering me so much? But I, I needed help. So, and, and if no one else, you know, come, come personal message me on the forum or something. Because <laughs> I know what it's like. And it's not stupid, so. Yeah, I've, I haven't gone through like exacts and stuff or um or anything like that or had like issues because i i i have dark stuff in my story sometimes that's one thing i struggle with it's kind of related is knowing what's the boundary of how much evil because my current story i have an organization that's quite evil very morally corrupt a lot of this stuff they do is not ethical it's not Mm -hmm. good and it's like where's the boundary of am i going too far and I can yeah. definitely see how it can feel, it can just seem, like, ridiculous because it's, it is fictional. Mm-hmm. And it it seems like it, it shouldn't matter, but it is really... It does matter. And that's impossible to... That, that's the hardest part because there's no, there's no hard line to draw there. Because it depends on who you are. It depends on what message you're trying to convey. And I'm just being a broken record now. But you just... <laughs> Some of it comes from just trial and failure, which is the most dangerous part. But if, you, if you're just aware that could be a problem, and then pray about it, find some good friends, something. And yeah, it's really hard to know, to know where to draw lines, and I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. I have a few characters, villains. It's like, there's one in particular that... I've been very because he's he's done some dark stuff, but I'm not I, I haven't actually showed it in the canon novel only in Drabbles because I don't want my readers mm-hmm. to see some of that stuff because yeah. I I kind of want my series to be more like on the younger well not younger but like young adult but like high school I don't want like that kind of stuff in there but uh-huh. I've also been setting like 
okay, he's not going to do that because I don't want to write that. I don't want anyone to read that. I just, and mm-hmm. it, so I've had to set boundaries and it's, it has worked because it hasn't like gotten to the point where I'm bothered by him. Well, I hate him, but I'm not, <laughs> like, it's not to the point where his ideas are getting into my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess another good thing to think about is if you're writing jobbles and stuff that you're not sharing with anybody. Do you think, would I be okay with sharing this with people? Like, with people that I trust and with people that I, like, mature people who could, who would be okay with it? Or would they be like, something's wrong with you, why are you writing this? <laughs> I mean, I have shared some travels with other people, I just don't want them in, like, the actual novel. Yeah, yeah, like, so that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely the ultimate test, if anything. If you're not willing to show it to anyone else, there might be an issue with what you're, mm-hmm. why you're doing it or yeah. what's in it. Especially if you're not willing to show it to your parents. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, well for me though, I'm not willing to show anything to my parents, so I don't know I don't know if that really yeah. applies to me specifically because they intimidate me to death, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean it does it does depend on the people. Like I've had one family member I shared one of my like my first novel with them and it was it was a horrible writing, but it wasn't that bad. There wasn't like anything super dark, but they're like like they thought that, like, the villain was maybe, like, they're just surprised that I'd write that maybe or something. Mm. So mm-hmm. they said it was, like, super dark, and that kind of discouraged me because it's... And I probably won't share them with writing with them again because... Oh. But... Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I'm not saying you if you're not going to show it to your parents, it's not a good thing. I don't think I'd share everything that I've written with my parents, but... Yeah, yeah. I, see, I definitely see what you're saying. <laughs> This is kind of related to it, but so like there's um, a lot of the times authors kind of joke about like enjoying like torturing characters and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of, I've heard some people and I kind of agree that it is dangerous to get into that mindset where you enjoy doing horrible things to your characters, enjoy making them suffer and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it can be related to like the stuff with the kind of being a villain's mindset. You're enjoying stuff that's not good. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts about that? I ha- I have many thoughts about that. I'm really <laughs> passionate about that topic. It disturbs me majorly when people make jokes like that. Um, and, you know, more than that, it's not so much that you're in your villain's mindset, but sometimes that's even a way of misunderstanding, misunderstanding your villain. Because if if you think this is all great fun... You know, villains who actually will, like, laugh about torturing people are psychopaths who have a, who have a mental disorder. And so if you're writing a regular person who does not ha- have a major personality mental disorder, then what they're doing goes a whole lot deeper than this is fun. And, you know, for me, because I, I tend to... Well, I, I write I write villains that are really relatable to me, and I base them off of my own flaws lots of the time. So I don't enjoy hurting people. <laughs> I, I enjoy doing lots of things that are not good to do, but I don't think it's fun to hurt people yet. Yeah, that's sort of the opposite end of people either get too into their characters' heads or they get way too out of their characters' heads, and they think, well, it's all fiction, so I get to do whatever I want, and I can lord my authoress power over these people, and torture them to death because I, I honestly I honestly can't under, understand it understand the mindset because I've never um, had anything close to that um, I've never been able to really fathom that but it's definitely dangerous to 
dissociate yourself from how honest your writing can be and to underestimate its power. And laughing at people for crying over your books, like, that's just not a nice thing to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will admit that I consider myself an evil author, but there are also, I have also set boundaries for myself because there are some things that my characters have done that, 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 ha that things that have happened to my characters that I just, I don't like, but I have let it happen anyway because there's there's a logical reason for the story or the plot or the character or whatever mm -hmm. and i'm getting better with not like enjoying it like i don't i don't enjoy it actually i it brings me pain sometimes when i'm writing that stuff so i guess that's kind of a good sign but i do it because i enjoy writing conflict because it strengthens the story and i feel bad for the characters so mm -hmm. Because, like, I'm also very character-oriented. That's they're one of the main reasons I write, just to discover more about the characters and who they are and also to be able to write their interactions. But, yeah, as for, like, torturing them, I never do it, like, without a reason. And I'm working more mm -hmm. on, like, just, yeah, like, not <laughs> laughing over it. <laughs> I do enjoy reading my readers' reactions to, like, cliffhangers and stuff, but, that, but that's because... I'm glad I'm getting that emotion I want across. Yeah, it's good to, it's good to know that you've made an impact. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I kind of do that. Like, I know that I've been mm -hmm. able to get that emotion across, and it's kind of nice to know that I have. Yeah, that makes sense. I know when I do stuff to my characters, it's I do enjoy it in the sense that when I do the right stuff, it develops a story. I don't necessarily, I don't want to do it to the, like, I don't enjoy it for the sake of it being evil, and I think that's the difference between enjoying it, like, liking it because it's for the furtherance of the story compared to liking it because it's evil. Yeah. I think it's just how you view your character afterwards, if you're yeah. like, haha, my character, my poor character, or if you're, or if you're like, oh no, my poor character. Yeah. yeah that's really, that's really the defining line is whether or not you enjoy being a god to all of your characters and controlling everything they do. Uh, well, controlling, that's that's a whole other... There's all this talk about <laughs> whether your characters actually listen to you, which mine absolutely do not, but that's a whole other debate. Well, yeah, I think that depends on how well, on how well developed they are. That yeah. depends on... Good writing is when your characters decide what to do for themselves. Yeah, yeah, because that means they're developed enough. That... You could make them do things, it just wouldn't be good writing anymore. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced that quite a bit. When I make my characters do stuff, it's not good writing. <laughs> but when no. they go off and do their own things, the story's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. You don't know where the story's going anymore. <laughs> okay, literally, this problem got so big for me, though, that I actually just recently, like a month ago, after writing this character for three years, totally kicked her out of the book. I was like, you're screwing up everything. <laughs> you do not work. And so, yeah, now she's out and she's replaced by somebody else and it's going way better. <laughs> it was just her character did not match with the plot line and she was like messing everything up. So out she goes. <laughs> yeah, there are characters who genuinely shouldn't be in a story, but there are other characters who it's really fun when they start taking over because then the yeah. story is so much better yeah yeah i've had that happen lots and lots of times 
Yeah. And then you have characters who don't want to go on adventures at all, and you have to literally force them into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what happened with my last one. I was, I, was on, I was on chapter six. I'd written about 60 pages of her just resisting with all her might and main <laughs> to go on the adventure. And I was like, this isn't going to work. I'm just going to have to kick you out because you're not cooperating. Yeah, I had that problem with my one main character, so I had to change her personality a bit and, like, develop her a bit differently so that mm-hmm. she's actually willing to go on an adventure because a character who does not want to go on an adventure for more than half the book is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, it's okay if they don't want to, but if they're actively resisting it the entire time, then that's just half the conflict is them trying not to go. <laughs> that's not very fun. I mean, you could write a book about a character who doesn't want to go into adventure, get but gets forced into it. But you know, like Lord of the Rings. Hard. <laughs> yeah. Or even um, the Hobbit. Bilbo kind of gets forced into it, but he wants yep. to go and do stuff mm-hmm. at some parts of it, so he's not entirely reluctant. <laughs> I mean, there's many times like when he's about to be killed or something like that, where he <laughs> definitely wishes that he hadn't come on the adventure, but. <laughs> I can't remember what led us to that. That was a big rabbit trail. <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about talking about evil authors. Yep. And I have a lot of a, a really deep fascination with what makes people do wrong things. I'm really into abnormal psychology, which is like various mental disorders and stuff. And I think that most villains to some extent have some sort of mental issue that comes from like trauma or something or a screwed up worldview that just changes the way they think about things. Um, not to say every villain is a psychopath because honestly I don't even like those villains like at all. But it's like it's a lot deeper than they see the world as it is but they just choose to do the wrong thing. I think I think it's way deeper than that and I think that's true with people, regular people in the world too, which is why those types of villains that you can just like they just make sense to the point where it's kind of alarming (laughs) those are the best types of villains because they're they're the most realistic and they convey the most truth yeah the ones that you see yourself in them that's what makes them the most scary those are the best ones because yes you're scared of becoming like them and you can see that you could become like them Mm -hmm. i see a lot of quotes on like Pinterest and other places like that villains are the heroes of their own stories and I think it's dangerous to look at villains as heroes but it is a good idea to think of them as they do believe what they're doing is right often like Mm -hmm. when you're doing something evil people in real life they they don't think oh yes I'm a villain I'm doing stuff (laughs) evil because I like that they think Mm -hmm. that they're doing stuff that's good yeah Yeah. they're just wrong but (laughs) yeah (laughs) just clarify (laughs) they're also wrong (laughs) have any sort of like final thoughts or points you wanted to add right before we finish up well i guess my main my main point and i guess i'll just say it again because there was lots of rambling in between (laughs) to to wrap it all up what what you write affects who you are and don't pretend it doesn't (laughs) and do it right if you can yeah yeah that's a good point Thank you for coming on. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed this this 
That's really yeah. helpful. It, w- it was fun, even though there was lots and lots of tech chaos beforehand. <laughs> yeah, but we got through it. <laughs> I just wanted to know, and it's not really related to what we were t- um, talking about, just wanted to know, as terms to like boundaries, they're really good and important when setting them up, but make sure you know what your boundaries are and are really, really strict on not going past them ever. Otherwise, they, cannot, they will not do anything for you because you can set boundaries mm-hmm. and go around them. Yeah. Yeah. And think you're still behind them. And it's a, and it's okay occasionally to rethink them if you need to, but, you know, you have to have a solid reason. And if you're writing something, you have to know why you're writing it, especially if it's something dark. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Anyways, okay. So this episode's writing quote is from J.R. Tolkien from some sort of book. I think it's called Tolkien on Fairy Tales. Anyways, so this is... It's rather long, but... Um, I shall read it. Fantasy can, of course, be carried to excess. It can be ill done. It can be put to evil uses. It may even delude the minds out of which it came. But of um, what human thing in this fallen world is not, that not true? Men have conceived not only of elves, but they have imagined gods and worshipped them, even worshipped those most deformed by their offers own evil. But they've made false gods out of other materials, their nations, their banners, the monies, Even their sciences and their social and economic theories have demanded human sacrifice. Fantasy remains a human right. We make it in our measure and our derivative mode because we are made. And not only made, but made in the image and likeness of a maker. That is really cool. (laughs) I thought it fit really well, actually. Yeah, it does. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Keep writing. See you next time.